What's going on, everybody? Uh, thank you all for joining tonight. Uh, tonight's guest needs no introduction. If you don't know who Matt Martin is, because, I mean, if you're on my channel, you know who Matt Martin oh, is. Matt. So, so um, uh, I hope everybody's having a great week, a great Friday night. Um, I hope their week was well, wasn't too stressful. I had a great week. And uh, I hope tonight's show can just be a way to kick off a good relaxing weekend, some laughs, some good stories, whatever you want to, whatever we talk about tonight, I hope it just leads you into a good, good weekend. So, uh, Matt, how you doing, bud? I'm doing good. How are you, doing sir? Doing well. There you go. Dub horn. That's not a, he's the one with the <laughs> professional setup, so I don't have any of those fancy tools. <laughs> <clears throat> how was your week? uh it was good it was good um i actually spent the week uh on the road well, uh, half the week on the road which was which was kind of tough i don't i don't like spending time away from my family but sometimes you got to do it and so put in some long hours, uh while i was back home uh of course you know always working on new projects and stuff and um so trying to get the rest of that finalized and a lot of research we're doing getting a lot of that right now is super crunch time and i don't have a whole lot of time to think or uh plan i just i kind of rely on direction i go and then i just i meander that way and try and go as hard as i can how was your week look at your beard your beard looks great by the way thank you uh this is a winter thing i do ever at the like as soon as winter hits that's I, I i shave the day before winter and i don't shave at all uh during winter i just let it go, go and um it's surprise you you trim your mustache oh yeah i though, keep right? that trim because i can't stand it rolling into my mouth that's just just irritating i was gonna say if it grows in naturally like that without any kind of trimming or maintenance that's scary and I'm, we may have to end this right now <laughs> no uh i don't know youtube is not receiving enough video to maintain smooth streaming so if it's choppy sorry people i'm doing my best uh, maybe I need to put some more quarters in my router. I don't know. Um, but no, yeah, I definitely take care of the, 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 uh, mustache. I can't stand that thing curling in my lip and I don't know. It's just, that is what, that's one thing I trim and whatnot. But, um, Hey Matt, since, since you're here and since you're famous for, uh, for roll call, how about we just do a little roll call action since you're here? <laughs> <laughs> I want to thank everybody for tuning in right now. We're going to give a big roll call. Coming in number one. Wait, wait, wait. I don't have the entire history of the chat, but I do see. Um, I can't I can't remember who was. I only go up to Kenny Cooper as being the first commenter, but I know he was not the first one in here. Yeah, I know. I, I can't remember either. Mike. So I don't know who gets the award for who. I don't know. I don't know who was the first one in here. Okay. Okay. Well, Kenny, we'll give you number two for trying or whatever. Uh, Jamie, the accountant, right, right, uh, right, Rhinish. That's what I'm talking about. Paul Smith, Logan Coleman, Gray Fox, John, Morgan, uh, Aldo Beltran, Jimmy, the nice man, Lewis. Can't, can't, you can always count on kindness from Jimmy. Is in here. Great. Sorties is gracious. Mr. Hoover. Hoover. Dang it, Hoover! <laughs> From the keyhole, good sir. Bush Lee Long's holding down St. Louisville. And, and our good friend Jordan Farmer, the Long Whisperer, South Jersey Long Guy. 
<laughs> Elevator Mo's low Jake the Lord Lighted <laughs> Landscapes and Dennis Page. All right, there we go. We made it through. Chips and Guac is in here as well, too. You just stepped up my podcast to like <laughs> it, it was never a 10, it was maybe a five. It just went to like 15 or 20, just with the roll. Just call. the energy level. Yeah. Just the energy level. <laughs> I don't know. I don't. You you just have that. Uh, now I know where your son gets your energy or his energy. It was funny. We were talking about that beforehand, and and you know, as when I was younger, I I had all of this energy, and I and I just I bottled it all up, and I repressed it. No lie. Like I was I was quiet, um, and I just I worked hard at school, and I did I did really well at school, and I put a lot of effort into it, and I was very just quiet. And then it was sometime after college that I just was like, you know what? I am so tired of being, of repressing all this. And I just, I got to get it all out. I was never like a high energy person. I was, I've always been relatively reserved. I've just never been that way. I've, there's, I've never, I've never like held back anything that like what you're talking about. That's never been me. Um, yeah, I don't know. I sometimes I wish I had that kind of energy or that radio spirit that you have because it just it's uh it catches you. It, it it sucks you in. It makes you want to be where that person is. You're like, man, that guy's he sounds interesting. I want to go hear what he has to say. It, <laughs> I, I promise you, there's not a lot of interesting stuff I'm saying. I just I try and, and present it well. It's all an act. I'm just a character. I'm not like this in real life. Well, I don't know. I've, I mean, when I met you for the first time at the GIE, uh, no, you're not your radio show guy, but you still got some pep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I am. I'm, I'm still pretty wild in real. Life. You, you can ask like my business partner. He, he has to tell me to shut up all the time. He's like, listen, you got to bring it down. It's too early in the morning for you to be screaming at me like that. Who, wh what's his name again? I know. I. That's John right. Borden. So how what's what's your off season been like since you know winter and fall? Oh man, uh, it was nuts. At first, it was like really scary and depressing, um, and then you know you uh, it's massively gotten crazier and crazier and crazier and crazier the the closer we get to the season. So you know, really, really, I would say you know for for us, typically the season starts around February first. And so up to this point, it's been gearing up for everything to start taking place on February 1st. Unfortunately, you always encounter del delays and all that stuff. And so, you know, maybe March 1st is more realistic. But, um, yeah, it's been it's been real busy. I spent just a ton of time in the lab and trying to um, it, 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 trying to just take my level of understanding of things from a technical level and expand upon that and then also put forth just a, a bunch of goals to achieve uh so i spent a lot of time this break just sitting with with john my partner and um and plotting out ideas on the whiteboard and trying to connect dots and see what we can make a reality and what we can't have a reality i am the kind of person i'll work really well on on stated goals and and trying to get to that uh so that that's that's what we like to do. We, we have these sessions. We call them shut-ins where we'll turn off the phones. We'll go in into the meeting room. Uh, choice adult beverages brought 
on in and uh, and literally sit in front of a whiteboard and just throw everything at it and see what sticks. I mean, that's. I feel like that that's like a brainstorming session, right? You just throw it. Maybe a wild and crazy idea, but you got to throw it out there because hey, maybe it maybe it's something that turns into gold. Yeah, that's exactly right. That is. Um, and but between that too, I actually, you know, I spent a lot of time with uh, the wife and kids too. So uh, we've we've been going to the mountains a lot here recently. We found this the spot we like where there's not a lot of people. And uh, so we've been we've been going up there often too. Well, I've been I've uh, watched a few of those your family videos you've been making on that. Is it's a separate channel, right? Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. The fan pack. I've been watching a few of those. What'd you say? Cheap plug. <laughs> um, you can throw it in the chat. I I don't I don't mind if you uh, if you you know plug it. No, no, no. no. Go go check out the fan pack on YouTube. Subscribe. <laughs> hit the bell. Uh, do that. No, I, I've I've really liked those videos because it gives you a, it gives the audience a, a different appreciation of like you and your family life because obviously everything on the Grass Factor channel is it's all business in regards to specifically lawn care. I mean, I know, and sometimes in the show you might rattle off something about your kids or whatever they'll come in the stream. I know I've seen that from time to time, but that I really like those kind of deals. To, to show people what you know what those YouTubers are like and their families cuz sometimes people can just see a talking head and they don't realize that hey you're a human too you got a family and kids and all that kind of stuff so um you know I, I and I'll tell you the story the whole reason I started YouTube was uh it was it kind of functioned as therapy for me uh, because when I moved to Knoxville, I was so broke and, you know, had, we had just started the spray business and, uh, had no money and it was a hundred degrees outside and I had been treating this four acre property and I was just like, what am I doing with my life? And, and I, and I felt like I had an above average level of understanding of turf grass. And so, I just thought to myself, and at the time, to to try and find motivation, I had I had turned on to YouTube and was looking for people who made YouTube content. And of course, you know, back then, you know, you'd see Alan on there. Uh, you would see uh, um, uh, Geek the Freak, uh, Greg Chisholm was on there. Uh, Keith Kalfas was on there. This is back when Stan Genetic was a real tiny YouTube channel too. The Dirt Monkey, mm-hmm. and and so I was like, you know what? I'm just I'm gonna I'm gonna start talking to the camera about the things that I understand and the things I know and the decisions I'm trying to make and just see what happens. And uh, and so I, I, I totally just started talk, talking to the camera purely to um, distract myself from the situation I was in. And it just it kind of grew from there. Well, now with the with the family videos, it's kind of the same concept, right? Because there's nothing easy about parenting. Parenting is the most complex uh, uh, thing, task as an adult that anybody would ever face. And so, you know, my my wife and I were talking about it. And obviously than I do because we had to homeschool and stuff this year. So um, it it was it was a way for us to talk to the camera and and show the things we're going through and yeah distract ourselves 
from the nuances and complexity and uh, sometimes painful moments of being a parent, right? So, you know, that's that's the origin of the fan factor, at least. Well, it's funny that you talk about uh, you started the YouTube thing as in like an outlet or a therapeutic because we actually talked about that in the last uh, last week's episode with uh, turf therapy from Rob. Um, yeah, because that was one of the main things we talked about during the show is like where kind of our story of getting involved with lawn care and starting YouTube and stuff like that. And you were one of the ones that you were one of the original ones that I found after Alan, uh, that kind of, I, I was inspired to kind of start, you know, recording stuff in my own lawn and those types of things. And I actually remember reaching out to you through email, um, and kind of voicing that to you and just thanking you for what you do and all that kind of stuff. You probably don't remember that because you get you probably no, you probably get tons of, of I, thank I yous and emails. I have the history of it too, so I can go back to that very original email. Believe it or not, I remember. I, I don't know why, but I've always been fairly decent with with names. At least I was up until now. For between four years ago and now, feels like thirty years to me. Uh, and so, you know, for the most part, I do remember that. Look, here we are. Uh, this was going to be, you're digging, you're digging way. That was like 2018. It was, it was 2000. It was May 27, 2018 at 1144 PM. <laughs> wow. I sent it that late at night. <laughs> yeah, what were you doing? Well, it's an hour behind. Oh, it was 1044 your that's time. True. Yeah. I remember that was when we were, that was when at our, the, the house I just moved from over a year ago. That was when I was just starting to kind of learn how to take care of the lawn as far as like fertilizing and uh, putting fungicides down and those types of things. Um, uh, what? what how, do you, how do you like the new house? Are you? Do- yeah, I mean, it better feel like home after we've been locked up in it for the last year. <laughs> no, it's it, we love it. I mean the. We moved out a little bit farther west from where we were before from St. Louis. We're still like, I consider us still in the St. Louis area. Um, but we really like the house. It's just gives us a little bit more space to, to spread out and do our thing. And uh, I love the lawn because it's about, it's over double the size. Plus I'm not dealing with a mountain. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. Because I just couldn't stand that thing. But it has been passed on and bequeathed to someone else, which I hope they haven't died on it yet. But uh, the new house we really like, the neighborhood we like, we like the area. You know, it's it's kind of the area we live in now is very similar to um, where I grew up down in Dallas, Texas, where you could kind of go out, you know, uh, a minute on the road and it feels like you're out in the middle of nowhere. It's kind of the same deal where we are now because before... Mm-hmm. We were really close to, we were in the the St. Louis County area, so you had to drive pretty far to feel like you're out in the middle of nowhere, and now we can drive three, five minutes down the road, and you're in the middle of a cornfield, so um, I kind of like, I like that, I like being, having that, you know, city feel, but not city feel. I don't know if I could ever really, like, r- live out in true, like, rural areas, but this is about as fu- as close to that as I can get. Ah, do it, man. Just bite the bullet and build you, build the Hicks, live in a tent, (laughs) get you. No, I tell you what you do. You know, the shipping containers that they bring in on the, on the ships, convert shipping containers into a tiny house. Yep. 
just rough it. Just rough. That'd be that'd be truly roughing it with three kids under under four years old. <laughs> yeah, don't do that. <laughs> um, That's well, idea. we're already uh, pretty far into the show, but I see a lot of new film, uh, new faces, many familiar faces. I just want to kind of say to all the new people on the show, we uh, this show is not really a Q and A style. It's not an interview style. It's just me and my co-host hanging out and with our with everyone in the chat um and we try to include as as much as possible everybody in the chat um if you have any questions or topics throw those in the chat and we'll try to get to them it is sometimes difficult to keep up with it and so i do apologize if i miss it if we miss it uh don't be afraid to put it in there again just to you know remind us um Matt is a professional in the industry, like probably most of everybody in the chat knows. Um, he's a professional, knows a hell of a lot more about lawn care than I do. So we'll take advantage of him all night long. <laughs> that, that, that's why John fucking came to me in the chat, was for that moment right there. Um, but yeah, seriously, if you guys have any questions related to lawn care stuff, I won't even attempt to answer them. I'll just, those are all going to Matt. I'm just here to, to, uh, to watch and listen and learn with all of you guys. So, but, um, yeah, that's kind of how I've rolled. I, I rolled the show. Keep it pretty light. You know, this isn't like Matt's normal Q and a style stuff. Matt, where'd you go? All I see is a flag. Uh, oh, oh, timer times out on this camera. I'm, I'm not using my normal one. And so, um, I had to, I had to, I had to do this. Hang on one second. Let me, Oh, there we go. We're back. <clears throat> no, you're good. You're good. Uh, so yeah, just wanted to kind of briefly mention that and, um, all that fun jazz. So Matt, I know, uh, you, if I, you know, you started a, a new or a, a new company, right? You got a, a new fertilizer company that you're you're going with. Um, can you speak to that at all? Is it is it called Renovo? <laughs> uh, I can't get into a lot of specifics of that. Okay. Um, so what I can talk about though is uh, is that there there is Subvert uh, SubvertNPK.com. Oh, okay. Uh, and that's kind of a, a piece of some of the stuff we we worked with before. We just kind of converted into a liquid form. Uh, everything on the dry side of things is, um, I still can't talk about it yet, but I, <laughs> and I want to, I want to so bad. And I'm so sorry that I keep doing this. Um, but I just, yeah, I have to be ultra careful and I have to make sure that nothing, uh, it, it doesn't, it doesn't get interrupted or delayed or, uh, broken up somehow so i have to be very careful but so on paper and right now that i feel comfortable talking about is that in the future we have plans to continue doing some of the things that we were previously doing but in the meantime uh we're we're continuing to work down the line of developing new liquid fertilizer technologies that's exciting so is it are you still is a, a big part of what you're doing is it still contain like the biochar and those types of things or is that stuff that you can't get into uh i can say that there is a lot of that to that is still going on yes um yes and yes 
I should have asked you this before we ever started what I can and can't ask you about. That's so that's the other thing about all this guys. I don't none of this is scripted. I don't have an outline. I just kind of sh- we we just shoot from the hip and just go with it. So uh yeah even when we were doing like the camera checks and stuff and i, I will contest this uh, there was there was nothing uh in the background that we were talking about like oh should we discuss yeah. it should we do that just had a conversation so do you guys uh like is all the did you have to like change all factories and stuff like that or is that is that oh yeah yeah the old place is is gone it's still there from what i understand uh and to be honest what's going on with it um i hear stuff trickle to the grapevine but that that place is no longer existed and so everything that we're doing from this point forward is is uh is is off-site uh, new locations new everything's and just a lot. I'll, I'll put it this way. Everything we're doing on that regard, we're having to be very crafty about um, and uh, a lot of a lot of self-work. You know, um, I've spent a lot of time with a welder in my hand over the last uh, two and a half months. And I and that's fine because that's the part I miss so much about being in lawn care was um, even, even with outdoor designs, you know, you come back at the end of the day and somebody broke a frame on a mower or something and, you know, I get to fire up the MIG welder and get out there and nasty, gnarly gorilla beads, I would call them. <laughs> and I feel like a superhero, you know, I was like, man, I, I really did. I'm a man. I welded today, you know? And so now I get to, I get to kind of scratch that itch again and, and get crafty and be like, you know, listen, I know this doesn't fit, but I can weld it and make it fit. I didn't know you knew how to weld. I learned on YouTube. I'm not good at it. Don't get me wrong. I am not good. Um, uh, welding tips and tricks, Jody on on YouTube. I, I can say is my instructor, and uh, I learned everything I know from him. and And thank you, Jody, if you're if you're listening out there. They're not listening. No one listens to this. <laughs> <laughs> It's all right. I'm not a good welder anyway. If I showed him one of my beads, he would uh he would kick me out. <clears throat> um so being like being a DIYer myself, you know, wh- what has it been like for you to see a lot of the DIYers, you know, YouTube channels uh coming on like a lot and that obviously peaking a big interest for you know, homeowners and stuff getting into lawn care. Has that been like a positive thing in your mind about uh, maybe giving lawn care a, a bigger voice, be, even though it's not necessarily the professional side of things, but it is the, it's at least the, it's some aspect of things, even though it's DIY. Yeah. And I can, uh, I can kind of give you some insight on, on how it's perceived a little bigger than that. And then I'll kind of, I'll kind of, uh, my take on it. Um, on the on the bigger picture of things, you know, I can tell you at least how like like pro lawn care guys kind of view the the uprising of the DIY lawn care community, um, and it's it's kind of this break. It's it's very weird when you get into having your own spray business because, you know, the first few years you experience record growth. You know, it's like oh man, you're picking up customers and you're getting referrals, and it's like grow 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 grow, and then you kind of hit this point in your business where you need to get out of your business and work on your business. And that is a very difficult transition because the majority of people who go into business for themselves in lawn care are great technicians and they're not business people. 
And so trying to disassociate yourself as Matt, the technician to become Matt, the business owner is a, it is, it, it's almost traumatic, I think is a, is a good way to put it because it's such a stark contrast of what you founded the whole idea of you being a business owner is about. And what happens is, is that you end up capping your growth because you're not quite ready to give away being a technician. And you hit what I call the plateau. And and there's a there's a revenue amount where you hit the plateau. And maybe you have one other person that works for you and you kind of split the duties and uh and and you do, you hit the lawn care plateau. And the people that are in the plateau look at it, and I'd say there's there's probably a bit of um of um I'll use this word for lack of a better word, a bit of a, a threat or maybe um a little uneasiness, I think is more accurate way to put it, because you know, these guys just took a huge risk to go into business for themselves and, and are out there and there's people that are giving away quote unquote trade secrets. But as those people do relinquish control of the business and and work on the business instead of in the business, it's almost like they completely forget about it because they're so overwhelmed with taking on all these new tasks and ideas and uh, strategies. And now they have to become a marketing expert. Now they got to be a web design expert. Now they got to be a content writer. Now they have to be a social media content producer too. And then I think it's easier for them to look at it much more uh, benevolently and and more of a of a strategy and a partnership and something uh, where you can uh, easily commingle there. Now from my perspective, and and I'll be fully honest with you, and I'm not going to sugarcoat anything. Um, I am I am a a, a purist at heart. I, I have an 80 year old man's soul, um, and and that's just the way I am. You can you can ask my wife. I'm I'm just bizarre in that way, and so for for me that when. When you have uh, uh, no control over the, um, uh, the the types of information that are being put out there, there are so many times I turn on a YouTube video and I'm watching it and I hear a recommendation being made with authority and I just facepalm so hard. Um, and it's, it's not often, it's not everybody, I'm not pointing any fingers at anybody, but I've turned on videos before and it's it's just something that you know if if the right person was watching it could be pursued in the wrong way in my and you you know we've talked about this before if the if there is an as a young person the the green industry even from the government perspective and uh and it's not like I'm some big fan of government and I think there needs to be oversight and all this that, that that's not the direction I'm going this is nothing to do with politics but um, the the people like the pesticide police, which there are, there are legit pesticide police. Every state's Department of Agriculture has pesticide police because when you're dealing with a pesticide, you're taking on a huge responsibility, whether you think it or not. It has the potential to take life. You may not think of plants as living, but they are. And you are working with a chemical that is designed to take life. And that is a big responsibility, and you're only typically a molecule or two away from how it affects the plant also being able to affect a human. So that's the other thing you have to keep in mind as well. So the industry, the old heads who are kind of the, the patriarchs of the industry right now are, are retiring. Um, they're, they're past their prime, and they're 
slowly but surely over the one of the statistics I saw is over the next five years, 50 percent of the industry will be retired. Wow. So there's a lot of new young blood coming up in the industry. With that, that also means there's going to be new young blood in the pesticide police part of things. And a lot of these guys are working in, in you know, bureaucratic type environments, you know, with lots of oversight and stuff. I mean, it's, it's government, right? And, and it, all it takes is the right one of them to need or look for an opportunity to prove themselves, prove their worth. Uh, to get uh, um, uh, for uh, to get to get excited by mishaps, missteps, even misspeaks that they see on the internet, and pursue it as aggressively as they can to get it either rectified or taken down. And my number one big fear, because already you know, uh, uh, lawn care in general is the whipping child, is the whipping post of of agriculture, right? So. Uh, you know, we, we look at glyphosate, for instance, and I'm, I'm not vying for glyphosate safety or any of that. That's this is, this is a, a total apathetic point of view. But this is reality. What happened um, with the glyphosate court case that that was carried out um, there that lost their insurance as long as they distributed glyphosate. And so we had major distributors lose the ability to sell glyphosate into turf. Did wow. that happen in agriculture? No. We buried we bared the brunt of the of the 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 court case there uh, upon our shoulders. We were the ones who had to suffer the consequences of someone else's actions, right? And so with that being kind of a model and that being repeated, and we can go back on that with MSMA and other things that have been pulled from, you, you know, Durspan was pulled from us long before it was taken out of ag. Uh, it's, it's repeated that typically if something is deemed a problem, they take it away from turf first and try not to take it away from agriculture. With that being the background and kind of the, the, the history's trend, my fear is that it takes one person Coming up in the regulatory type of style to see what we're doing as being and being overcritical of it. And even to the point where even if we just misspeak, they come after it. We already have a negative connotation on us. Oh, we're luxury. You know, it's, a, it's, it's flaunting luxury. It's flaunting wealth. When in actuality, there's a very big environmental piece to what we do. We can kind of move into that next. But how I feel about it is that I'm, 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 I'm nervous, excited, and cautious all at the same time. That makes sense. I mean, uh, yeah. I mean, you're so you're saying you're nervous, excited, and cautious for a lot of people taking interest in lawn care and becoming more enthusiastic about it in the like in the YouTube world. That's what you're saying. Y y yes, uh, because I, I, you, you know, with this is one of my catchphrases. I say is oversimplification is devaluation, sure. right? And I feel like that um, in in the game of algorithms and content strategy, uh, the easier you can make something appear, the more attractive it is. Because if you can cram four years of experience into two minutes of teaching time, then you know people are going to want to watch that. Yeah. And people are going to put that into practice because you know literally in two minutes I can learn how to do whatever it is I need to do. That's the beauty of YouTube, right? 
But unfortunately, when you're caring for something that is a living organism, it's hard to reduce the maintenance of that organism into a two-minute soundbite or a, a five-step soundbite. Um, it can be done, but there's a lot of asterisks that need to be in place in order to uh, provide some caveats and options and uh, account for some of the variabilities you see between my neighborhood and your neighborhood. Sure. So going into, you know, segueing into what you were saying, we can talk about in a minute about the environmental stuff uh, and like the positive impacts you know, good practices for lawn care and everything like that. Because uh, we actually, you and I have talked about that a little bit in the past, uh, about just the positive things that can actually come from caring for a lawn appropriately, obviously. Um, just like what I know you've, you've talked to me about, like the carbon uptake of of uh, grass and just plants in general when they're, when things are being done correctly. So, you know, I'll, I'll use that for you to, to jump on or into that piece of it um, going off of what we were just talking about. Yeah, so, uh, you know, in, in the most simple of ways, you know, when we're talking about plants, any plant, whether it's turf grass or trees or whatever, uh, why they're generally regarded as positive assets to the environment is uh, photosynthesis as a process. You're taking sunlight and carbon dioxide and turning it into energy, into carbohydrates, right? So you're pulling carbon dioxide out of the atmosphere, uh, converting it into carbohydrates that are typically stored in the majority in the, in the root system, and the plant is expelling oxygen. And that's that whole part of the process. So effectively, you're capturing carbon dioxide and releasing oxygen in its place. What a beautiful symbiotic relationship with humans, right? As we expel carbon dioxide and inhale uh, oxygen, it would be part of our pathways mm -hmm. to get, to convert into energy, right? So, you know, the the piece that often gets overlooked is that as they categorize or group lawn care into being uh, an industry of excess or an industry of uh, of misuse or inappropriate use or uh, relatively regarded as Up. There were some states that were, you know, designating guys who treated turf as, you know, non-critical. And the fact of the matter is, is that there's there's data out there right now that if you took into account the hidden carbon cost of mowing, maintaining uh, a, a a lawn managed under best management practices, you are actively sequestering more carbon dioxide than you're emitting than your carbon costs are to actually maintain a lawn. And that is powerful because when you start to take into account the density in the sheer number of leaves you have in a lawn, and you compare that, say in a 10,000 square foot lawn, the number of leaves you have there working with photosynthesis, how much land space would be required, how much acreage would be required to have the exact same number of leaves across to, uh, across uh, a forest, you would require so much more area to have the same number of leaves that you would in 10,000 square feet of turf. So the carbon sequestration rate of turf grass is four times higher than that of an equal area 
of trees. Wow. I'm not making the right. argument that we need to do away with trees. No. You know, everything occurs in balance, right? So I think it's a beautiful and a great thing that we're to on the property or whatever the case may be, symbiotic relationship between all of those plants there too. Sure. So what what I, I what I hope, what I am actively working on, and what my day to day consists of is my whole end game in this ordeal in my career is if I would feel successful if I was able to shift the tide of lawn care into having a negative perception into a positive perception in regards to the impact it has on the environment, and that is doable. And there's a lot of headway being made, not just in uh, uh, academia, uh, but also just in real world uh, entrepreneurship, innovation that we're seeing from guys out in the field doing the sure. damn thing. So that's what I'm going after. Uh, I'm hoping the video didn't freeze or because on my end, when I'm looking at it in the studio, it looks like things are frozen so i'm hoping it didn't mess up but we'll just keep going and hope for the best uh um okay it looks like we're getting back on track <clears throat> so with that being said uh just you know kind of going back to more of the diyer perspective and stuff like what do you like when you have a new homeowner that's that's reaching out to you um and they're wanting to take care of it themselves. Like, what do you tell them to start mastering first? And then, like, in regards to starting to apply fertilizers and all the ides and those types of things, like, what do you, like, how do you tell them to to start into that to be um, successful, efficient, but also responsible? Uh, <laughs> I, I don't know. <laughs> I, I don't, I would say this, I, you know, my content and I, I would say there's not a lot of people that reach out to me that are like, Hey, I just moved into a house. It's my first yard. How do I get started? I probably haven't gotten one of those emails in three years. Okay. Well, what so would you tell somebody? If it, if it was me, I would tell them, I'd say step number one, get a soil test. Go just bite the bullet. Even if you cannot interpret it, you don't know what the hell you're doing. Go get some soil. Put it in a bag, send it to a lab, and and get a test done. Have you have you a Malik three done on it, and then let's look at it together, and then we can start to build a a program, if you will, around what kind of information we're working sure. with. Uh, because with without it, you're kind of just taking shots in the dark, and you could get lucky, and you could get lucky for a relatively long period of time. But again. As we start talking about best management practices and trying to change the tide of lawn care from a negative into a positive, if we know and can uh, quantitatively deduce why we are applying each individual input at the rate we're applying, if we can make that justification, then the overall result is that typically we can apply a little bit less because it's not misguided and it shows a pattern of responsibility that we have as uh, applicators or DIY homeowners or whatever the case may be. Build the appropriate foundation 
upon which you can build your house. And that is a soul test. Yeah, because so that's I uh, one that's one of the things that like when I have neighbors or, or family members or something like that ask me, they're like, "Well, what could I do? Or uh, what sh- where should I start?" And I've I've mentioned soil tests because I'm like, "Well, that really gives you a good platform to stand on to tell you where you need to go and those types of things." But that's like foreign language to them because it's not you know, all you see on the commercials and stuff like that is, you know, here's your step one, here's your step two, here's your step three, here's your step four. And that's really it. Like it's, uh, it's rarely, if ever talked about, like you can't go to Home Depot and I don't know, I don't even know if they sell soil tests or any sort of soil tests there, um, to help somebody get it. And maybe that's because it's, it maybe because it's easier to start, getting caught in the weeds and it's more confusing for people there. I don't know. Maybe that's why it is. It's probably, you can't make as much money doing it that way by telling people to do it the right way. I don't know. I'm just speculating. It's just my, um, but you know what I mean? Like that's what I, that's when I hear people ask me or when I have people ask me like where to start, that's usually where I recommend. They're like, Oh, that sounds complicated. I don't want to do that. I just want to go get a bag of fertilizer and put it in the lawn. So it, you're exactly right. It is. It it sends people down rabbit holes, and at the end of the day, it, it takes a special kind of person to want to explore a rabbit hole. But again, it kind of goes back to my point of by circumventing the soil test, you are already beginning to oversimplify what it means to care for something. Right. Because we're not just caring for turf. We're also acting in a very responsible way towards the environment, right? Yep. And so in order to be as environmentally responsible as possible, we have to have some sort of foundation upon which we build everything we do. So if you don't start with the soil test, yes, it may, it's so much easier. I promise you, I could have had a way better career. I could have a way bigger YouTube channel. I could have a way bigger consulting base. If I just told people the first thing you're going to do is you're going to go out with triple 13. That's all you got to do. You got to go up with triple 13 and we can spin it up 10 different ways from Sunday to get you a triple 13. But that's what you need to be doing is triple 13. You can, it will work. There is no doubt about it. You can go put down triple 13, 10 different ways from Sunday and it every single time it is going to work. But, but how long does it take before you're over applying phosphorus? How long does it take before you're over applying Potassium, how long does it take before you're over-applying nitrogen? But the recommendation was once a month, I'll go apply triple 13, 10 pounds per thousand. Yes, it works, but are you really providing any kind of lasting environmental impact there? You're not. And that's when the tide starts to turn and shift the boat back towards the negative. So if I'm ever preparing anybody, just bite the bullet, get ready. It seems complex at first, but it's not. Just get a soil test and let's see where we actually should be starting. Well, because I also think about like for my my case at this new house, you know, when I started fertilizing last year, uh, before I started fertilizing, I had my soil test done and I saw what the pH level was at. But I, I really had no I knew that was high, but I didn't know like the ultimate effects of what high pH had on plants uh, ability to take up nutrients and those types of things. So somebody that didn't have. Uh, and you know, any person, cause I feel like what I do is probably more than what most homeowners are going to go do. They would have probably just kept 
you know, pushing fertilizer or they would have maybe gotten frustrated because the lawn wasn't greening up or doing something that they thought it should. So then they would have hired somebody. Then that person, whether or not that company actually does soil tests, because I don't believe I've seen so many companies come out and treat lawns and they don't do soil tests from what I can see. And they just kind of, it seems like they follow some sort of regiment that is like standard or whatever. Uh, and then that's that neighbor may not get the response from them. So they'll fire them. They'll pick up another company. You know, it just, I could see that happening in, in my scenario, if somebody had the same type of situation that didn't have the same desire or interest to go maybe figure out why it's not doing what it should do. Yeah. I mean, it is, uh, and I, I see it all over the place and, uh, and, Yes, you're you're exactly right. And something as simple as pH inhibiting a lawn from from turning as green as it should be, and it, and people are looking at their neighbors' houses and they're all turning green, and there's not, and they're applying more and more and more. They get caught. They're chasing the dragon, and uh, and nothing ever works. And and so immediately, and this is, I I don't know what it is, but if it's it's kind of I, I don't know. Maybe, maybe it's a it's a it's a it's a man's mentality. Like for instance, if I'm if I'm trying to to thread a, uh, a a screw into a into a nut, right, and at first it gives me a little resistance, the first thing I do is I start to bear down on it and try and force it through there. Just you know, and it, and how many how many do you have to strip your threads before <laughs> you know you're like okay that bit a little bit more aggressively. Let me back that out and try it again. Make sure I had it seated correctly. You know, it's like you kind of have to learn through brute force. Too, and I and I, I think the same thing kind of applies to lawn care. You know that you know, we could tell these things like start with the soil test or what, but you know you get you get it in your head. You heard this old wives' tale. You know, well the first thing I need to go out with, I need to go out with lime because I'm in the southeast, and therefore if I'm in the southeast, I know I know I got that acid soil, so I better I better get down with some lime. And you put down lime, and then you eventually nothing is is responding, and you go get a soil test, and your pH is a, is a eight point three, and you're like why. What am I doing again? So that uh, I've that kind of that leads me to a question I've had because I've had you know some of the neighbors around here they have companies like oh they did lime this that and the other I'm like why did they do lime did they do a soil test and you're like I don't think so and they look at their thing and they ask the people and they don't do a soil test they just throw lime down so I was wondering if in my scenario if people were treating my lawn on that in the past over before we ever moved in, if they were treating it on the standard like recommendation of you always need to put lime down every year, could that have led the lawn to become that alkaline? That uh, becoming that high? Uh, uh, probably not. Okay. Uh, I, I don't, I don't think years. I mean, you would have to be applying significant amounts every year. And, I can say being on the side of lawn care things, it takes a special customer that would sign off on the cost for me to come in and amend with the amount of lime it takes to make a real lasting impression, you know, uh, because you you show up, the cost. If you pull up to a property, you will say your yard's 10,000 square feet and I pull up and I need to apply, you know, 2000 pounds an acre to move the material. And, and so the time it would take to spread 10 bags on your property or the time it would take to or the cost to, to spread 10 bags on your property, just the material in and of itself, 
you know, it starts to add up fast for the receiver of that service. And, and all of a sudden they get a bill for a few hundred dollars and they're like, you just spread lime. Lime is $5 a bag. Why did it cost $300? I'm like, well, I had to put a friggin' whole pallet on your yard to make a, you know, a real lasting impression. So a lot of times, you know, when you're, when, when a lot of lawn care guys are, are doing this, you know, you may only apply enough lime to offset the amount of fertilizer you applied that year. Right. So Say, you know, you knew you applied three pounds in and you could probably, you, you know, with, with enough, this much lime, you know, we'll say, you know, it's going to be 120 pounds of lime or whatever would offset the amount of free hydrogen produced by that three Your pounds in. So out. I'm going to apply, I'm going to apply 120 pounds of, uh, of lime instead of a thousand pounds of lime. So no, I don't think that was the case. I think you're just on limestone and that's why. So that was that's the other thing because I know limestone that's, is a is very prevalent in this area, uh, or at least I've you know when you see like the the highways being cutting through a hill, you can tell like that looks like limestone, um, but then supposedly companies make the recommendation of like oh well you need to put lime down because you're in this area like that, I don't know that some that's what I I think about those th- that as well, um. Uh, that just doesn't make sense to me. So I don't, I don't know. There is, you know, and I, I would, I would encourage everybody that if, if you want to hire a lawn care company, um, look for the, the, look for the boutique guys. And I, I, I hate that word. That is one of my least favorite words in the, in the English language. But look, look for the specialized guys. It's 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 going to cost a little bit more, and just understand that it's going to cost more. But you're paying for the knowledge that those people have, and you're paying for the peace of mind that well, what they're going to be putting on your property is going to be environmentally responsible, and it is going to be conducive for the success of your property too. What do you so, What do you mean by boutique guys? Like, what's their what would their name look like or company name? Uh, like, yeah, you're gonna you're gonna have to go down the wormhole on that one. So I, I don't think you're going to find a name okay. or a kind of red flag signifier, but if it looks like a franchise, smells like a franchise, tastes like a franchise, tread, tread carefully, I guess it would be the way I would look. Because then, you know, when you're dealing with franchises, a lot of times that responsibility falls on the, um, uh, technical ability of the applicator themselves. And don't get me wrong. There are thousands of phenomenal applicators out there that work for these big companies and they do awesome work and they they carry the the company on their back as they trudge trudge through but occasionally too you find a few bad apples you know it's like and you take your car in for an oil change and you know one of the technicians tell you that you need you know whatever else done too you know you know so there's there's always there's bad apples in any industry sure um well on a much lighter note uh we're gonna jump to my segment called Keyboard Warriors. Uh, this is a segment I started a couple episodes ago, and it is all about bringing the negative, well, not negative, but the trollers to the light that many people may or may not see. As YouTubers, we get some trollers that come in there, and um, Matt has some interesting ones. Uh, so we're just going to dive into these and, and have a little fun. Uh, viewer discretion is advised. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <clears throat> but he does, we, we did, we try to keep, we tried to keep some of these clean. 
they're they're clean. So uh, we're gonna jump into the first one, Matt. Before we go into it, do you have anything to say? No, man. Let's do this. Uh, the first one. Keep your chemical blank off my newsfeed. You are the reason that there is a toxic algae. There, there is toxic algae in Lake Erie and the other four lakes. You are killing our lakes by the runoff of the chems in the watershed. Shame, killing the marine life and poisoning our waters. Reporting you. Okay, there's a story behind every one of these, and that's why I selected them. I uh, I got banned from Facebook. Uh, from this lady, and uh, and I'll I'll tell you the story. Um, there was a gentleman who owned a lawn doctor franchise. Uh, in the uh, I guess I can say the area in the Michigan area, and the guy was a he was a great technician, very knowledgeable, ran a great business. Even knew the guys he had working for him. I knew they were great technicians. Um, I had worked with them a lot. And what we started doing was mapping the areas of runoff from largely agricultural communities into the waterways that she was particularly talking about. The overwhelming majority of point source solution was more than likely based on the structure of the flow of water into her body of water was from agriculture, not lawn care. And so I spelled a way to help her understand non-threatening. Just Look, this is more than likely what you're actually dealing with and just want to bring it to you that way. You know, you're not throwing a small business actually out there doing a good job for the industry, being good stewards of the environment as well. And that was her response to me. And, and Sure enough, Facebook banned me and uh, would not. It was like three months or something before Facebook as a result of that. And they deleted my whole Facebook, so I had to rejoin as a new person. They let me download all my old information, but I had to start a whole new account. Wow. Yeah. It looks like some of your some of your fans in here knew who this one was, <laughs> even though I blocked it out. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh on to the next one. Uh Why are you letting a completely drunk man on the radio with all the curse words and can't even complete sentences? He is playing rage against the machine anti-police music. What message is that sending? Not very smart. Okay, I got the story <laughs> behind this one too. Uh, and, and in total transparency, um, uh, actually, can I, can I play a little, a little jingle? Sure. I'm, would that, would, would that be okay? I'm going to play a little jingle real quick and then, and then we will talk about that. All right. Okay. So there was someone who, Man, uh, we didn't, we didn't hear the jingle. Oh, you could not hear the jingle? No. What? That was my bow nose turf jingle. <laughs> uh, and I'm sure there's there's people out there that, that know. I did a whole radio show on it. And um, this this person wrote into my radio that information right here. And it was it was really interesting because I, I 
actually knew the guy and at the time and uh he had wrote in on the day where i had found out uh site one had filed a lawsuit against me for uh copyright infringement style uh the the lawsuit was very hostile it was it was not not a good one or a fun one. We have more money than you would ever know what to do with, and you will be forced into this one way. Uh, was about how their lawsuit read, and I was like, "This is, this is unfortunate." And so, me feeling like a rebel, you know, I was like, "I'm going to get on the radio today, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna play some Rage Against the Machine, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna scream at the microphone until I." So I did. I had one of those days where I was just throwing it all out there. I, you know, it was. It's small little guy company going after the big boys kind of thing, you know. And I and I, I, I think I played "Killing in the Name of" was the was the song I played. You know? <laughs> I know so it's good rage against the machine tune. And that that got sent in, and I was so confused because one YouTube, I just don't. So that way, I don't make any egregious mistakes sure. or yeah. you, you know, I yeah. just yeah, I got to be careful. And ginger, uh, and and two, I knew the fact that they would attempt to go to my boss in an effort to get me pulled off the air instead of going to me. I thought that was just extra priceless. So I turned it onto a bit on the radio station because the guy's name was Bo. I'm not going to use his last name. Turned into a bit on the radio station. We did a segment every, every day called Bo Knows Turf. And uh, and it was this real funny little jingle, this little clown music, and I would say bulldoze turf, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and we would do these real ridiculous old wives' tales, and and talk about scientifically why they were old wives' tales and not factual. Behind that one, I wish we could have heard the jingle. I don't know why it wasn't working. Yeah, I, that makes me real upset. I, I, I don't know. I think it has something the way I've got this ported through my board. Um, I know I've already said this in the chat already, but or, or in the stream tonight's show. I don't know why things are being so choppy. I don't know why Matt's video keeps getting big and small. I just don't know why it's doing that tonight, but I do apologize. Hopefully the audio is coming through good. But anyway, just wanted to throw that out there. I'm seeing everything you guys are seeing, and I know how bad it is. Uh, anyway. Can you, can you hear this? Uh-uh. Okay. Uh, one last comment. This one's a short one. But I kind of like these short and sweet ones. Never got past the intro. My time is worth more than your ego. <laughs> uh, I beg to differ because my <laughs> ego is very valuable to me. Clearly, that's why I, why I invite so much controversy into my life. It's purely because of my ego. But um, so this one was, okay, when, when I got started in YouTube, the trend was that you did these artsy-fartsy intros with like these cool camera shots and techno music leading into it. And so all these old videos are full of those, you know, one-minute, two-minute intros of just like, stuff I saw while I was out in the field because I thought that was cool at the time because a lot of these videos are three or four years old, you know? And, uh, and so anyway, that guy commented on that and it was, it was so beautiful because I saw the comment like three years later when I no longer thought that stuff was cool. 
And I was like, man, he is so right. (laughs) (laughs) I need to pin this comment because he is actually 100% factual. So I had a, uh, I had a, a commenter from one of the last episodes say that they liked the keyboard warrior section, but he wanted me to, to do, to talk more, to talk about some of the positive things that people say and like what jumps to our mind, what, what's a comment we think of. I don't have comments to put up on the screen, but uh, comments that, that we think of when we think of like something positive we've heard. I know in my instance, I I have way more positive comments on my videos that are encouraging and those types of things that are negative than then negative one. If anything, it's they're not negative. I've just been seeing constructive ones like, hey, you might want to, you know, turn the audio down or something like that. Because there are people that have been polite about it, but uh, there are those people that just choose not to be polite about giving constructive criticism. They feel like they need to like knock you down to the ground and sit on your face and whatever else. But uh, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm really grateful for a lot of the people that generally give really good, uh, nice comments. I can't remember the, the, it's bad of me that I can't remember the guy's name that uh, told me to do this, but he's been a, a follower of mine since the beginning and uh, he's always leaving good stuff, uh, just encouraging stuff. And that's one of the things, that's why I like to keep doing videos because you have people that are encouraging. No one wants to keep doing stuff. They constantly get, you know, dogged on. But Matt, do you, what about you? Do you, is there anything like comes to your mind that when you think of like something that like you did a video and you had something that came up that was like, man, that guy, that person's really nice for saying that or something like that. Listen, there. I have to say that you know you asked me for the keyboard warrior to look up bad comments, and I had to put a lot of effort into that. Um, the YouTube community in general is, at least right now in the lawn care community, is the nicest, most supportive uh, on personal levels, on family levels. I mean, it's just the it's an overwhelming amount of support at times, and it is. Uh, I, I can't speak highly enough about it. Um, one of my one of my, I'll just, this is just one of hundreds that I could ping to, but uh, it, it really stuck with me. Um, I actually had a, a wife send me an email one time. And she said, uh, Matt, I, my husband, my husband is in avid your, your afternoon streams. Uh, he sits on the patio every afternoon. Uh, I'm not sure if you do this or not, but his 40th birthday is this Sunday. Birthday shout out for you show this Friday. His name is Jason. We live in Denton, Texas. Uh, let me know if you'd like to fulfill this request. I don't know why, but that this picture, you know, I, and I was like, you know, really? I, I occupy this, this guy gets home from work. He goes, he busts at me while I scream at <laughs> the microphone taking out my frustrations over a stupid business deal or cockeyed over someone misapplying the gate and I scream at the microphone. I'm like, this guy wants to uh, and actually I've I've gotten to know him on a on a very personal level now. And uh and and it's just it, it goes so far and goes so long uh in these things. Yeah that uh I would agree with you. It's it does to me, all those things make a huge difference. And even if it's just like a really short one, all of those short ones just add up to 
you know, being, being something positive and encouraging. Uh, so I'm trying to find that comment, that person that left that comment because they told me to do that because I, I wanted to give them a little shout out on here as well. Um, but while I'm doing that, you sent me a photo and I know I've heard the story or you talk about it briefly on uh, some of your your shows, but you you shared me a photo of a shed that doesn't look like it's doing too hot. It was really hot at one point, but uh, I, I, I'd like to hear the story <laughs> again behind this little number. <laughs> so one day um, I got this bright idea. I was going to burn off all the dormant Bermuda grass in my backyard. I'm in the transition zone. I'm in Knoxville, Tennessee. My front yard's fescue. My backyard is Bermuda. And I was like, you know, I, I'm just going to burn it all off. I don't feel like getting out here and scalping it down and all that. I'm just, I'm just going to burn it. I'm it's surrounded by fescue and I've got water on one side of me. So, and I am, and it's separated from my house by gravel. I'm like, what is, there's no risk to this. Let it burn. So I get out there and I make me a little, uh, a little, uh, a couple different fire spot spots and just let it take off. And, uh, kept an eye on it and let it all burn out. And as it as it got around my shed, uh, I've got I've got two sheds that kind of sit next to each other. One is wood and one is metal. And uh, and you know I just I kind of stomped it out as it as it went along that, and I let it move past, and I felt good about it, and came back inside. And uh, three maybe four hours later, I thought I felt like uh, I smelled smoke in my office, and I looked out my <laughs> office window perfect view for my shed and shooting 15 feet out of the the doors of this <laughs> shed is a flame that looks like it's it's launching a falcon heavy into outer space and i just i don't even know what to do i mean i just i had to marvel at the size of the fire projecting out of this out of the shed for a minute then thank you action video I run outside, and the only water hose I have is one of those that when you turn it off, it coils back in, in on itself. You know what I'm talking yep. about? And when you turn it back on, it stretches back out. That's all I got. I think it's not known for putting out large volumes <laughs> of water. And it doesn't even reach the shed. So I'm, I've got it stretched all the way, and I'm reaching with my thumb over it, trying to get enough umph on it to get it to even spray <laughs> to the shed. And I mean, it's just instantly evaporating as it hits it, right? It's just, it's not even putting a dent in this fire. 10 minutes go by and I hear a fire engine coming and I'm like, boy, I am in big trouble. And, uh, and the firefighter is in full suit and he jumps off the truck and he grabs this hose and he is walking with purpose towards this shed and I stepped in front of him in between I don't know if I was like trying to use my body as a shield and hide the fact that like a piece of my life is on fire behind me but I did I was like oh, don't worry about it it's good just let it burn and the guy just <laughs> stiff arms me right out of the way he does the Heisman pose and just knocks me right down and keeps burning right to the shed and put it out in you know, probably like 30 seconds or something like that. And I was humiliated and he won't, he's not talking to me and he goes back to the truck and they get the hose all put up and stuff. And like, they had nothing to say to me. And then the chief came around afterwards and 
was much more lighthearted about the situation and was asking what I did. And I explained what I did. And she's like, oh, yeah, that's common. We've done this before. So I had burned my shed down inadvertently. The metal shed of all things, too. Not the wood shed. It was the metal shed I burned down. Is it still there or did you take it all down? Uh, for the most part, it's all still got some tin laying there, though. So it probably looked like they were like it was like you were doing like a uh, a static rocket engine test. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly what it looked like. It was the SN8 test, except we had it in the middle of Knoxville in someone's backyard, <laughs> and it was hot too, man. Like even you know I'm I've got this little rinky dink 25 foot hose, and I'm I'm maybe 20 feet away from the fire, you know, with my thumb over it, trying to get the the stream to land on it. And you could just feel the heat coming off of it, man. I mean, it was it was like it was, was brutal. Was there heat. any like gas in there or anything? No, no, it was actually okay. empty. Uh, so I I didn't use it for storage because I I've got the other little detached shed, and then I've got a detached garage too. That's where I keep so all my th- stuff. There was but... no chance of anything like exploding in the fire or something like that and throwing. <laughs> no, no, keep any of that stuff at home. He's in the lab. Sure, I promise. Uh. Action video asks, what do you think about rabbit poo slash manure being spread on top of a lawn? Uh, I think, I I think it's fine. I don't, I don't see any problem with it. Just be careful handling it. Uh, um, I believe rabbit poop is going to be grand net negative bacteria, which can be a little bit harder on humans. Some of the bacteria. So just be careful handling it and wash your hands, uh, hands. But other than that, it should be, uh, a good organic fertilizer for you. I mean, if you have enough of it, you could probably fill a hopper full just to open it wide open. I mean, those are, those would be some pretty big prills, but <laughs> yeah, it's pretty pelletized, ready to go, baby. Lock and load. All right. Well, uh, we are, we are, we are a little over an hour and, uh, Oh, I wanted to, before I go on, uh, Chad Fleming was the guy that would, that told me to do the, uh, talk about the people that leave nice comments. He's, I don't know if any of, if he leaves comments in anybody else's videos, but Chad Fleming is the, the guy. Yeah. 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 Um, uh, well, we're, we're over an hour on the show and I like to keep these, uh, these a little around that time. So we're going to start wrapping things up here. Uh, but before we do, I just wanted to give Matt, an opportunity to maybe give us a little taste test of anything coming up this year. Uh, if you can, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, I'll say this on, on the granular side of things, everything is trending in the right direction is looking good. Everything you were used to last year, just be psychologically prepared to see a lot of the same things this year. Um, on the liquid side of things, the new thing I've been research piece that's going out is a product we developed that we're calling Prefix. Um, um, is we're using uh, actually nanotechnology in this uh, and combining it with the peptides and, and a couple of other goodies in there. And the way this Prefix works is to... Um, offer a, a certain amount of biostimulant activity to allow the plant to power through any root pruning effects that occur from dinitroalanine uh, herbicides, pre-emergent herbicides that we use like Dimension, Prodiamine, Uh So that, 
That way, uh, hopefully, we can make root pruning on our desirable turf grasses a thing of the past. And, uh, and again, always trending towards that thing, towards environmental responsibility, right? So, um, actually, uh, all of it is organically produced. Um, uh, even the nanoparticles were, is, is starts originally as a mined source material. Um, and, uh, and then of course the peptides are an organically sourced material. Uh, and then we use uh, fulvic acid as well in that. So, um, yeah, so we got that. And someone asked when's Carbon X back in stock. It won't be Carbon X. Uh, I, I can tell you that uh, Carbon X will never be back in stock. But uh, if you if you want to check some out, you can go to Renovo.eco. And I don't know that maybe 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 here in the next month or so, something like that. I don't know. Um, well, before everybody heads out, uh, if you wouldn't mind giving the video a thumbs up, that helps. Helps uh, helps me out a little bit of bringing these kind of videos to more people and bringing more people into these shows is always more fun. So before you head out, be sure to give a like. And uh, I hope this video, I hope the show was was at least um, you know good for people to to hang out. I had a fun time, Matt. Thanks for coming on. I really appreciate you spending an hour or so with with me and all these all these great people in our community. Um, it does, it does mean a lot for somebody like you. That's a professional in the industry and just has a boatload of stuff going on for you to spend this kind of time with me. So thanks so much for coming on the show. No, I love it. And thank you for having me. And Ben, you know, I love the hell out of you too. And, uh, and thank you for all the crap you've put up with me and us over, over the last year or two too. So, uh, the pleasure is mine, sir. Thank you. Well, uh, hopefully, hopefully we get to hang out, and hopefully some of these people in the chat, we all get to hang out this year at the GIE. Uh, that'd be a lot of fun because I know 2019 was a blast, and hopefully we can have a good a good time in October this year. So that's all, guys. Uh, thanks again for stopping by. Um, I hope you guys have a great weekend. And we, next week, we will have Jake the Lawn Kid in the house. Uh, looking forward to seeing that kid on the show and just talking talking shop with him. Um, I appreciate all the support. Everybody stopping by. Thanks for everything, guys. We'll see you next week.